Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Victoria Winterford. Victoria, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. This is just amazing. I'm really, really looking forward to it today. Well, this is one of those fabulous conversations that has been taken away from the clubhouse space. That's where it started. I was in a room with James Burt and yourself, and we were talking about podcasting. We were talking about personal development. And then you messaged me and said, hey, I'd love to have a chat. And we were like, yes, let's do that. And here we are. So here we are. Let's talk. Let's talk about the, the things yeah, we want to share. Yeah, let's do it. hundred percent. Let's get deep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it's possible to have a conversation about the why we do what we do without going deep because it is just so part of who we are. A hundred percent. And I think people are quite scared to be vulnerable these days and, and really elaborate on their stories and their experiences and where they've come from because some of it can be quite... I would say some of it can be quite negative or it can be really positive experience, but a lot of people do what they do purely because maybe they've been something, been through something in the past, which has maybe disheartened them, or maybe it's created these limits and beliefs and a lack of confidence and then how they've grown from there and turning that weakness into their strengths. I think ultimately ends up becoming your why and ends up becoming part of your purpose so I think it's really interesting when you start to understand why people do what they do well let's take it away from people and into Victoria as well (laughs) something I'm definitely not used to doing I'm definitely not used to speaking about myself I never have been so um, yeah it's definitely new for me and is it from a vulnerability perspective or is it just that it just doesn't come up I think it's definitely a vulnerability thing. When I was younger, I remember being in school and I was a bit of a geek in school. I was a bit of a teacher's pet. Didn't have many friends. But if you was to say anything was that maybe someone praised you or you had some good grades at school, you was doing something which you felt proud of, immediately someone else would be, oh, she's just really confident. Oh, don't brag about that. Oh, it's lucky for you to be doing this. So you stop talking about yourself, you start, you stop talking about the good things, and then you start focusing on maybe what's going wrong. So it's definitely been a vulnerability side for me, especially coming from being an only child when I was younger. So I didn't actually have many people to speak to. There was just myself, my best friend, I had my dog, but I didn't have siblings, I didn't have loads of of girlfriends at the time. So it became a habit to just bottle everything up. And that lasted, I would say, until maybe four years ago, three years ago. And I would say it's only really been even the recent year throughout the the pandemic that I've really started to open up and speak more about what I've been through and different experiences I've had and how it's affected me and really using that vulnerability to now create an impact and hopefully give other people value and help them and help people who may be going through the same thing that maybe I went through. 
And other than talking to your dog whilst you were young, did you not speak to anybody? No one. Honestly, if you ask my parents, I was the quietest child. My dad used to have to drag out of me. I used to come home from school or college and he would say, so what's going on today? My answer would be, nothing much. I'm all right. I'm okay. And that's just, that's what it was for years and years. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to anyone. And I said, my diary was my dog at the time. And I just used to sit there and tell him everything. And I suppose, because that's just someone, something that is a place of no judgment. They can just sit there, they can listen. And you, you feel okay with opening up to to that person, to that animal, to that dog, whatever it is, you feel comfortable, your cat, your birds, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I just didn't have anyone to speak to and I just didn't feel comfortable. So then going into my teens and my early 20s, I then found it really hard to connect with a group of friends because especially my girlfriends at the time, they would be talking about maybe guys they were speaking to and things that were happening. And I just didn't feel comfortable talking about that because I wasn't used to it. So they would immediately think, oh, Vic has something to hide or maybe she doesn't trust us or maybe she's just a really quiet, introverted individual. And that wasn't the case. I just built up this narrative in my head that it it wasn't okay to speak about yourself because you were just going to be seen as, as bragging. So I suppose now I don't take compliments very well. That's just, that's just me. I think a lot of people can take compliments. A lot of people can't. And I'm one of those people where as soon as the subject is turned on me and what I'm doing, I just back away. And I'm like, okay, so what are you doing? Let's talk about you rather than talking about me. So despite your, your dad saying, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? And you're saying, yes, I'm okay. Nothing much. What was, what was the reason for you not to sort of say anything? Because he was asking, he was interested. So what happened there? Um, I think there was this mental block surrounding no one would be interested. Why would someone be interested in, in what I'm doing? And I feel that maybe at that time, it wasn't a case that I didn't want to speak to my parents because they were just my parents. But I genuinely thought that people just weren't interested in anything that I had to say or do. I was always picked last normally when it came to sports and I wasn't a very popular kid at all. So I think all and I I used to be bullied quite a lot at school. So I was bullied. I wasn't very popular. So you end up creating these self-developed limits of you not being good enough at such a young age you're so impressionable as well that I think as I grew older it just became a point of me saying to myself you're just not good enough all the time so I I set standards for myself that was so high all the time because I couldn't reach those standards and I didn't know how to reach those standards and I wasn't surrounded by the right people who would help bring me up and help me to grow then I just created this huge barrier in front of me, which no one, even to this day, it's really hard to break my barriers down. Once those barriers down, they're down. But at the beginning, you need a wrecking ball to get my barriers down. And and that's a self-preservation thing, is it? I think it's a protection thing. I think it comes from 
I'm 28 now, so I think it comes from maybe the past 10 plus years of being hurt by by other people that it's like another layer. You get hurt again, it's like a scar, it's more scar tissue, more scar tissue. And so it just gets it gets thicker and thicker to the point of you don't really want to remove the scar tissue anymore because it's there to protect you. It's like bubble wrap. But you do have to realize that sometimes you need to get rid of the old scar tissue to see the new skin that's underneath. So that's something that I've really started to realize recently, I think, just through the pandemic and and knowing who's there and who isn't there and what I really want to do and just standing up for myself and starting to understand my self-worth as a person as well. And you mentioned that they took the pandemic in the recent years to change the way things have gone for you and knowing who's there and who's not there. What were the changes? What, what sort of made a difference for you? It was a mindset thing for me. At the beginning of last year, 2020, um, I'd just come off of a TV show, so I was surrounded by social media and events and different things going on that I lost myself as a person. I was people pleasing everyone, saying yes to as many different things as I could, not because it would make me happy, because it would make other people happy. And then I became really burnt out. I wasn't very well. And we came into the pandemic and it made everyone just stop and slow down. And it made you realize that there were so many things that we were doing in life which didn't serve us, which didn't make us happy. People that you follow, people that you speak to, And it wasn't until maybe a couple of months in that you hadn't spoke to maybe people that you'd spoken to last year. And I didn't feel the need to ring them. They didn't feel the need to ring me. So it wasn't a, oh, I don't like that person anymore. I think there's like a a mutual agreement that you can't even see. That's just, I don't realistically need that person in my life. So I started putting people into categories in my head of, Who do I want to give my energy to? Who gives their energy back to me? Who maybe do I compare myself to that is stopping me from growing and limiting me from growing? And it came to a point that I just didn't want to put myself out there in that way anymore. And I just really had to take a step back and reevaluate where I was in my life, what I was doing and where I wanted to be. And do you think had the pandemic not happened that you would have just continued on that cycle of of pleasing other people and and just being whipped along with that whole frenzy? A hundred percent, because it's really easy to get caught up in. It really is. And you're surrounded by a lifestyle which isn't real. It isn't real. And people who maybe don't care about you as much as you may care about them or you think you care about them. I'm I'm a complete empath. So if someone's upset, I'm upset. I want to help them. If someone's happy, I'm happy. I I wear my heart on my sleeve. It it is what it is. I, I am who I am. And you can't really change that. And I think if the pandemic hadn't happened, then I wouldn't have been able to take myself away well, we, ha- we were forced to take ourselves away from situations that just weren't serving us. So I probably would be in a worse off position than I am now. So let's just explain what is it you're doing now or what and what were you doing at the point where you said you just come off a TV show? How did you get from school to a TV show? And what is it you're doing now? And all of those questions in one. <laughs> yeah. OK, so um, 
from school, I went to college and I studied dance. I was a performer, dancer, singer, actor. I was then also in the modeling industry as well, mainly fashion. I'd done beauty pageants, Miss Universe and Miss Universe Great Britain. And I loved it all. So it was very media-based creativity. However, dancing was always my passion. And I think modeling and the pageants, they weren't my passion. They were just part and parcel with me being younger and being within that industry. And it led me down into quite a deep, dark spiral of creating an eating disorder. I started losing a lot of weight. I became really, really sick, really ill. I ended up in hospital because of it. And they kind of said to me, if you don't change your life now, you will be in hospital for the rest of your life. You were just continually getting worse and worse, sicker and sicker. So I decided at that point to take myself away from the industry, away from modeling and, and the pageants and everything that I think was creating that impact of negativity within my life. I then found fitness. I learned how to start nourishing my body and trying to reverse out of that deep, dark spiral, the deep, dark hole I was in, trying to get myself out of that, which I did. I found Instagram and I started just putting my story out there, sharing my journey. And at the time, it was if people follow me, great. If they don't, then it's just me. It's for me to be accountable to something which is helping me grow as a person. From there, people were then saying, oh, you should do this as a living. You should be a PT. Or have you ever thought about doing recipe books? I've come from a family where cooking and food was such an integral part of our childhood and me growing up that I loved cooking. My nan taught me to cook. My dad taught me to cook. So these are parts of my story that I've grown up with anyway. And I loved putting it online. So from there, I done my personal training course. And then it all went from there, I guess. I was then asked to do a TV show back in 2017 called Celebs Go Dating. And that was completely different for me. I'd never done any form of TV before in my life, let alone reality dating. I was still very single. Um, I didn't know why anyone would want to be with me anyway, or date me for that matter. And then the show was the show. It was an amazing experience. And then from there, I was then asked to do Celebrity X on the Beach, which was aired in 2020. We filmed it the year before, just before the pandemic. And I guess I had this organic following of people that were following me because of TV, but also people were following me because of my journey. And I think what happened is I allowed the two to get a bit misconstrued in my head and I lost my purpose. When we came into the pandemic, I didn't know really who I wanted to be or where I wanted to go and what value I wanted to give to people and the impact I wanted to make. I'd really lost that. The reason I started it all was no longer there. So I really spent the past year stripping everything back and sitting myself down and saying, what impact do you want to make in the world? Who do you want to help? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? And realising that social media is amazing and it has taught me so much. And I've met the most incredible people. I've had some of the most amazing experiences. But if it disappeared tomorrow, what would I do? Who would I be again? So... 
I think from all of that hardship I had over the past 10 years from being bullied at school and being such an introvert to then finding my confidence through performing arts to then losing I would say my whole entire self because of that industry I found my confidence in to now finding that again it's like a roller coaster, up, down, up, down. But I love that part of it. And I wouldn't change any of it for the world because I wouldn't sit here in front of you and I wouldn't be doing what I'm trying to do now because of it all. So I'm very grateful for it. It's really interesting that you say that you you love social media and and that it's been an amazing experience for you because you you haven't had the the bullying or the toxicity that it, that came from well, that can come from that side of things, or have you? I have, not to the extent of other people. And again, I'm very grateful for that. I think the reason I don't get as much negativity is because before on social media, I was quite scared to talk about certain subjects because I was I was fearful of that judgment. Whereas now, because I'm a lot more strong-minded, strong-willed, and I'm a lot more sure of myself, if I do get those negative comments, I can easily just brush them off. And I'm at an age as well where my past experiences, especially within the performing arts industry and the modeling industry, you do have to create a thick skin. So I now can use that thick skin to think that is just a representation on that person. I've read a lot of self-help books. I read a lot into psychology and the mind and how people work. I'm doing a coaching course at the moment. And you really start to learn that any negativity is not about you. It's genuinely about the other person. And because I'm so sure of that, that I can just brush these comments off. But I think what upsets me more is with the younger generation coming onto platforms such as Instagram and TikTok and even Clubhouse soon, that they are very impressionable and they're not going to have that strong sense of self-belief and self-worth that any negative comments can really, really affect someone. And that's the knowledge that needs to be brought now in the schooling system, which I feel that isn't there right now. So who do, who follows you on Instagram right now? What's your sort of demographic of age group? It's mainly women, which mm-hmm. amazing. Um, it's mainly women. I would say from the ages of twenty five to forty. Mm-hmm. I think that's the last time I looked. That was my main demographic. I do have the younger generation as well, probably sixteen to to twenty one, twenty two. So for me, it's a case of I want to help the younger generation. That is my true purpose. And that's the route that I really want to go down. But right now, my demographic is still that little bit older. So I'm trying to keep everyone happy by putting content out there, which is appealable to everyone. I feel that right now on social media, there are so many niches everywhere It's like going to a restaurant, opening up the menu, and there's 50 different things on the menu, and you have no idea what to choose. It's exactly the same with social media. Everyone says you need a niche, and it's true. I'm a social media marketing strategist as well, so I help people grow their social medias and grow their personal brands. And even though it is great to have a niche, sometimes when there are two niches, it just becomes ultimately too complicated. So I think the younger generation, they're coming out of school, learning about algebra, wanting to be YouTube 
YouTubers, sorry, and influencers, but not knowing what path to go down because there's so many different things to choose from. So I think that's where now there needs to be a lot more knowledge surrounding current technology, current social affairs, what is really going on in the world because kids and, and the younger generation, they're not watching the news, they're not reading newspapers. It is all derived from what they see on social media. So it's teaching them how they can consume it in the right way and utilize it in the right way, which is something that we or I never had growing up we just had to take it as it was and hope for the best and it's really interesting that you're you know you're saying that the true purpose is to help this younger generation and essentially it's help the younger you yeah 100 percent. and I've actually had to do a lot of work within my inner child recently and a lot of the traumas that I have now it is derived from when I was younger and I have a little brother and sister, Austin is, he's going to be nine this year and Myla's going to be seven. And I think having them in my life now, it makes me want to help the younger generation so much more because I see the world that they're going into. I see what's going on. And because I am probably their younger, but older big sister, I'm able to be that role model and I'm able to be that person that they can still relate to because I'm hoping that they still see me as cool. They're too young to know at the moment, give me another 10 years and they'll probably think I'm just as uncool as everyone else. But I think that's the person I want to be is that I want to be this, this role model for the younger generation and someone that they can really look up to and they know that if they come into my space whether that is an online presence or masterminds one-to-one that they're going to feel comfortable to open up they can talk it's not a therapy session but it's just a place for you to learn and have a space that I felt I didn't have when I was younger. And how does it feel now to to know who you are and what value and what impact you you are going to be making and what difference you are who you can what difference does it make to your life it's amazing it's something I'm still working on my self-worth and my self-value is still something I'm trying to work on every single day I think most of us are and but the fact of knowing that that's the place I want to be at and that's the impact I want to have is incredible there's a lot of pressure put on I put a lot of pressure on myself because I compare myself to a lot of people which is, again, something I'm trying not to do as much anymore because I have to practice what I preach. But when it comes to wanting to help people from such a like a true intrinsic passion, you do create this huge amount of pressure on yourself to get it right because you think if you get it wrong, you've ultimately got people's lives and in your hands. So... There is a lot of pressure, but I like putting pressure on myself and I like jumping in the deep end. I always have done. And talking about jumping in the deep end, let's let's take you back to when you were at school and you had that bullying happening. And it obviously you said it gave you the, the thicker skin and you started to put the barriers up and, and they just kept on going. How can we prevent that happening? How can we stop the bullying happening? I think there needs to be more awareness around everyone's mindset towards other people. And like I said before, realising that if someone says something to you, that is not a representation on you as a person. You do not need that validation from other people. 
and just learning and accepting that everyone is able to have these opinions and have these views. There are so many views now in, in the world and in society, and it's okay for people to have that, but you don't have to take that on yourself and you don't have to allow that to change your belief system about yourself. You can understand that person, you might relate to them, you might not, but you don't have to take it on yourself. And I do think that it is with the younger generation, whether it's at school or through parenting, whatever it is, there just needs to be a greater awareness around in looking after our own minds and really being confident within our own skin and really having that self-worth and everything down to from body positivity to body confidence up to just knowing that you are amazing as you are no matter what so that you you create that thick skin just because you have a thick skin rather than a bully having to put a barrier up so I think there's a difference between you placing barriers up because you don't want to let anyone in in fear of, of being hurt and just having having a thick skin so that you can brush off anyone that says anything to you so I just think that there needs to be some lessons taught at a younger age I, I totally agree and and you mentioned that you had sort of built a, up a narrative where you didn't want to accept compliments you had a sort of a mental block around people not being interested in in your world and and it's so sad that that's how you felt at that time because you know I'm sure that everybody was interested in in what you were doing and, and mm. wanted to hear about your day and and now you you've got your younger siblings you, I'm sure you're asking them about how was your day what's going on mm-hmm yeah, and that's something that I make sure I do. I make sure I get them involved in everything that I can. And I'll say, how was school? What have you learned today? And even if they haven't learned much and they just learned how to draw a picture and it's just showing that sense of, you don't need to praise children all the time. I think that's something I'm learning recently as well. I'm reading a book called The Chimp Paradox and it's it's incredible. And it's not necessarily praising children for what they've done it's praising them before they've done it so it's knowing that you're amazing as you are this picture that you've made me is also amazing but I don't need you to show me your love through a picture you're given to me because then it comes of a point of wanting to prove your love to people it's just you're loved no matter what you are loved And then anything you show me, anything you bring to the table, anything you've made for me, whatever it is, that's just an extra. And that's just another attribute that makes you even more amazing. So I think with my younger siblings, I just try and impose onto them certain things that I'm learning now so that maybe when they're going, because they have the same parents as, as me, where they have the same dad as me. So obviously my dad is at an age where it's habits he's got old habits in his head so it's kind of down to me as well to to change that narrative for my siblings rather than my dad having to do it because he's probably just going to teach them the same things that he taught me because that's what he's used to and I'm trying to remember you mentioned the chimp paradox that it was a few years ago now that I read it in fact it's about seven years or six or seven years ago now. But what I'm, I'm remembering is that was there a thing about the whole fridge phenomenon, about a child doing a piece of work and it going on the fridge? Is that what you're referring yes. to? Got it. Yes, that is the exact same one. Yeah, yeah I think I read that about lot. Yes. 
couple of chapters ago, but it's exactly the same thing. It's if a child brings a picture to you to put on their fridge, you shouldn't say, that's an amazing picture. Well done. Let's put it up on the fridge. You should put the picture to the side first, give them a hug and say, you are amazing. Now let's look at what you've done because then they feel that they're loved just for being them rather than for what they're bringing to you. And I think we all, even to this day and age, and we feel that presents and gifts are a way of showing love and they're not. I, I do it. I love buying people presents. And that is because, again, when I was younger, buying presents especially I used to buy my bullies presents because I was hoping that would make them love me but it didn't at all so it's now knowing that these things are great but you don't need to do that to show your love sometimes it's just a case of you being there emotionally and I think again through the pandemic we have really realized that it's lovely going out for meals and lovely holidays and that's something that we have really missed but We've also neglected the really small things in life, like being able to sit in the park and have a picnic, being able to just walk through the forest and, and be grateful of, of the trees that are around you and the lake and the nature and just spending time with people that you really, really love, rather than it always being about where you're going, what you're doing and how much money you can spend on each other. And it's a really interesting point that you're raising because we do have different ways of showing love and of receiving love. And there's a great book, which is The Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And he talks about, yeah, so you're talking about some people like words of affirmation. Some people like physical touch. Some people like receiving gifts and some people like praise and and, and things. There's different ones. I forget what the other two are, but what it's, it is really important, as you say, to work out what ways you can communicate with others what ways of love that they like to receive so that you are speaking to them in the language that they want to be spoken Mm -hmm. into and going back to the the fridge phenomenon and I I remember that having read it thinking oh I wish I'd known that about the kids because what you're doing is when you're putting something on the fridge is you're setting a standard that they then have to meet all the time which is like well that made it to the fridge oh this didn't make it to the fridge in terms of it being a highlighted piece of work and and again it's not about that at all it's about the person and not about what they what they're doing it's it's really fascinating bit Mm. of psychology so yeah enjoy the rest of the book it's it's a great it's a great book thank you (laughs) (laughs) and and going going back to I mean he, he professor Steve Peters he talks about the work you did in sport and and you saying that you got picked last for sport I'm sure there are many people who in the world got picked last for sport but what are those knock-on effects that happen I think again as a child we think it's because we're not good enough and it's that emotional response that we have straight away of I'm not good enough they don't like me when realistically the reason I got picked last for sports was one because if it was ever alphabetical order, my first name's Victoria, my last name's Winterford. So I, it was V and W and also my birthday's the 27th. So whether it was birthday, whether it was name, I was, I was the youngest in the year by one person. So I was always picked last. And also I had horrendous asthma. And I think all my classmates knew I would always be that little girl running at the back, like out of breath, trying to not have an asthma attack. So I was I was horrendous at running. I wasn't great at sports. So they didn't want me on their team. So when you think of it from a logic standpoint, 
you always pick the strongest people and you pick the people who are going to be best in your team. So it wasn't down to them not liking me as a person. It was genuinely down to at that particular sport, I just wasn't good enough to be in that person's team, which is completely fine. And we have to realise that we cannot be the expert in everything. We're not going to be the the best in everything in life but that doesn't mean you can't find what you are good at and then use that throw every single ounce of strength you have into that and just make yourself the best in that particular field and as a knock-on effect I think here for me personally it just gave me that limiting belief of I'm just not good enough. And I think as soon as you have those limiting beliefs, you ultimately stop yourself from growing. You stop yourself from reaching that higher level because you are the person that is stopping yourself. If you take all of that away and remove those limits, you can reach you can reach greater heights because there is nothing stopping you. Your mind isn't stopping you and and you know that you can get there. So I think it's Again, going back to how can we stop children and the younger generation from creating these barriers, but it's also teaching them how to break down those barriers themselves without needing someone else to break down the barrier for them. It's okay, I've got these barriers in front of me. I have got these limiting beliefs. And how can I get rid of those limiting beliefs? And how can I validate myself as a person rather than needing that validation from someone else? I love that. So the recognition of, of, an awareness, a self-awareness of knowing that this is not the way it has to be. So now that yeah. you know that, you, you know, essentially the world is your oyster and you can choose whatever you want to do, what is the plan? So the plan now is I am currently doing a, as I said, a um, a course on life coaching. So I'm going to be going into life coaching, but then transitioning into team coaching. So that's going to be the ultimate plan from here. Hopefully having my own podcast very soon as well. Um, my coaching for social media is up and running right now. So I'm, I'm taking on clients for that, which is amazing. Just creating an impact and helping people grow their personal brands as well through online social media, etc. Clubhouse is obviously incredible because I'm meeting people from all over the world. So that's definitely still very much on the forefront of my mind and growing that at the moment. But I think one of my biggest goals is just becoming really settled in myself. There is still part of me, as many of us are, where we might feel slightly unsettled. And whether that's because we've had a very tough year, we need to start being a bit more kinder to ourselves and realise that we have had a tough year. It It hasn't been great. And just knowing that we are coming out of it now and we've grown so much as people, we have learned so much. And unfortunately, there's been negative and positive sides to it. And... I think that for me, it's just a case of just growth and just working on my passion, on my wire and just focusing, focusing on me to be really settled in my life and know that what I'm doing is the right thing for me. So what do we, what can we expect from Victoria Winterford? More reels and TikTok dance videos? 
Yes, I definitely need to get more on the reels and the TikTok videos. I mean, I, I used to dance, but I feel that TikTok is of the younger generation. So maybe I kind of let them do that. I stick more to Instagram myself. As much as I love TikTok, I can sit on scrolling it for hours just because I love it and the creativity that's on it. So more Instagram content, probably transitioning from all my fitness stuff into more of a mental wellness side of it because that's now where my passion lies. I still love the fitness. I still love creating the food, but ultimately that's not exactly where my future and my career is. So it's transitioning away from that and moving into the more lifestyle, relatability, normal life, just being a normal person, showing everything from creating a beautiful plate of food to then creating a real where the coffee's flying everywhere and the place is a mess because that's what real life is and it's we are now seeing social media as a place of trying to be more real people knowing that maybe it has been quite I wouldn't say fake but people have only shown the parts of their life that they want to show which is fine it's it's your magazine I always say that your social media is your magazine you make it exactly how you want it if you want to put filtered beautiful pictures up edited to an inch of their life you have every right to do that if that's what makes you happy you should not be judged for that and then if you want to put pictures where they're unedited it's the raw you you shouldn't need to impose that on people and and create an awareness and say this is me with cellulite and without cellulite you should just be able to put the picture up of the cellulite and not even mention it that's what creating awareness around normality is it's not it's not it's creating awareness by not creating awareness if that makes sense so it's just showing you as you are every inch of you and knowing that you are happy as you are and and people shouldn't judge you for that either um so for me it's just creating a lot more content again creating my podcast very soon You find me on on Clubhouse talking about different rooms from breakfast with winners every day to then personal development, having different guests involved and then starting my coaching business. So I already have a couple of clients now, but really growing on that and creating a, a membership side to that as well. So, yeah, there's a lot plans that I'd like to do I don't know exactly when everything's going to happen in what order and I think that's something else I've learned is to not plan too far in advance because we never know what's going to be around the corner we never know what's going to happen tomorrow and when someone says to me where are you going to be in five years I always say to them well I don't know who I'm going to be in five years let alone where I'm going to be in five years so I try to not plan anything too advanced yeah, best best not to. It's, it, it's great to have an idea of, of what you want to do in terms of you, you say you're you're going to be a team coach, but then the, how that looks and what that means and and how that you know who you'll be as a result yeah. of personal development. You just you just don't know because I, I know for sure. I, I call myself a midlife beginner, and I've gone through massive transitions over the last five years or so, and it's been incredible. I would never have known that this was going to be on the cards. I'd never have known that I was going to have a podcast called Focus on Why that is you know a global sensation that is just brilliant and and getting messages out there like yours, sharing with people that way to have these vulnerabilities it's okay to to know that you haven't got a, a plan and I, my strap line is have a purpose have a plan focus on why 
but that is a case of that's one route that's one one mm-hmm. message that's one thought process we all have our individuality we all have our ability to to do what we want and as you say I love the creating awareness around the normality and I'd love to see a whole series of you doing real reels you know proper real life reels because I, yeah. I think there's there's a great play on word with the word reels yes <laughs> you know it really is like that and it's it for me they're brilliant and I love TikTok I don't think you're too old for TikTok at all oh my goodness <laughs> I, don't, I really don't think there's an age limit on there um, my kids would probably disagree they're 18 and 16 so they might say oh yeah <laughs> I definitely told them we're just like no any age just again it's just being able to realize that we consume content very differently and everyone talks about the algorithm of social media and how it's changed and how it's against us and it hasn't it's just we consume content differently. We prefer videos. We prefer funny, real-life things now. And I think that's what we all need. We all need a little bit more lightheartedness, reality, and just people that you can relate to as well. The same word of real, real, real. I, I get it. And, and this is what's so great about a podcast is that people will be listening to this message and they'll be playing their own reels in their mind. They'll be having their own movies going on with their life and thinking about what you've been sharing today and go, I totally get that. I totally understand yeah. where you're coming from. So, wow, it's been a whirlwind. Thank you. We, we've got to the end of the show already. And I just want to say thank you thank so you. much for coming on. No, it's been amazing, honestly, and that's gone so quick. And it's great to just be able to open up and feel okay with opening up and feel comfortable with opening up because I always say that if you don't open up, the only person you're ultimately hurting is is yourself, but then you're stopping the world from knowing you and you're stopping yourself from impacting the world just because you haven't shared some of the things that you might want to share. You don't have to share everything, but as much as you want to I guess oh well it's been an absolute pleasure you sharing the the sort of the difficult moments that you've experienced and and I know that people will find great solace in that and that they'll see how they can also go through this process of personal development and that it is a a case of time you know you you, Mm. it's not going to happen overnight so yeah thank you how are people getting in touch with you what's the best way to connect with you Victoria the best place to connect with me is definitely through Instagram. I reply to every single person. Sometimes my DMs get a little bit backed up at times, but I will always reply. And that's just victoria.winterford over on Clubhouse. I think it's Vic Winterford, TikTok's Victoria Winterford, Twitter, everything, victoriawinterford.com. And so everything is just my name. You type it in and you'll find me. So yeah, comment direct message me my doors are always open for everyone and I always say that just like welcome it's like I love having a community of people around me and I want to bring everyone up with me fantastic well I'm very impressed that you managed to dm everybody who who messages you (laughs) because you've got over 50,000 followers on Instagram thank you that's a lot of dms (laughs) yeah well I try I try I just always see it as if someone was to comment on how you look down the street you wouldn't necessarily ignore them so I I take my my social media as the same place as someone comments something lovely on my page that I'll always take the time to reply yeah just a much busier street I guess yes 100% (laughs) (laughs) you can't go anywhere without someone bumping into you and say hey (laughs) awesome well again thank you how would you like to finish the episode off what would you like to share with the audience So I've actually got a, it's a very small quote on my phone, which sometimes I look at when I'm feeling a a little bit lacking in motivation. And the quote is, 
Whenever you find yourself doubting how far you can go, just remember how far you have come. Remember everything you have faced, all the battles you have won and all the fears you have overcome. And remember you are your only limit. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.